Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Getting ready to represent Christ to your world today. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. My guess is that yesterday on Easter Sunday morning, you read one of the gospel accounts of the resurrection. You read it from Matthew 28 or Mark 16 or Luke 24 or John chapter 20 and 21. The very first written account is actually 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 8. So the Apostle Paul actually is the first one to um, make a written record of uh, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because the Gospels, as we receive them, are actually written later than Paul's letters. So, from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the Gospel I preached to you, which you received, and on which you have taken your stand. By this Gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received... I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the Twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, and then he appeared to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. It really happened. Real people really saw him. Jesus really appeared, not just once, but many times, over and over and over again, over the course of 50 days. He appeared to many on several occasions, over a course of weeks. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is not a theological metaphor to be embraced by faith. It is a concrete historical reality upon which our salvation to eternal life depends. The Apostle Paul put it quite simply. If Christ is not raised, then our preaching is in vain and our faith is in vain. If Christ has not been raised, our faith is futile and you're still in your sins. For the earliest Christians, Jesus' resurrection was a historical fact, every bit as real as his death on the cross, every bit as real as the miracles he performed, every bit as real as the fish he ate. They saw him with their own eyes. They touched him with their own hands. They ate with him. They walked with him. They talked with him. Without the resurrection, Christianity would be the false religion with a fake God. But it's not a false religion because it's not a fake God, because the resurrection of Jesus Christ really happened. Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Lots of real people really saw him and gave their eyewitness testimonies to that fact. And so let me encourage you today to reread the gospel accounts in Matthew 28 and Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20, Acts chapter 1. But be sure also to pay attention to what the Apostle Paul passed along, having received it as of first importance. 
that yes, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried. He really died. He was really dead. And he was really raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And then he appeared to Peter and the 12 and to the women, to more than 500 people at the same time, to James, to the apostles, and yes, to Paul. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Easter changes everything. Next up, I've got Dr. Linda Mental. She and I are going to talk about the need for connection in the midst of social distancing. We're going to talk about social distancing and um, and how you, I, you and I can socially connect even in the midst of it. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. I'm welcoming again Dr. Linda Mental. You can find her online at drlindamental.com. You can also find her right here on the Faith Radio Network at the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Linda, welcome back. Good to talk to you again, Carmen. I've been doing my COVID-19 mental health checks with a lot of people and uh, friends and trying to stay connected like you were mentioning in the in the pro- promo. Uh, really important. Our, our brains are wired to be connected to other people and I think this has been very challenging uh, with uh, the distancing. It was it was really interesting. I've never quite seen anything like it. Yesterday, um, we have a little cul-de-sac where we live, and um, we didn't have any of our family here. So I had posted a video with me in my, you know, Lululemon pants, and uh, that was my Easter outfit this year. And you know, we were grilling steaks on the on the grill because we didn't have enough people to have a a ham, our traditional kinds of meal. And uh, I did bring a few flowers in and try to make it look a little bit more. And we did the online church, like I'm sure so many people did, which was great, but just wasn't quite as satisfying as as usual. And then I looked out my, I I went down for a walk because it has been kind of nice where I live. And I was walking down the neighborhood and I saw this, I saw our neighbors across the street had their family and they have a glass door in their front door. And the family, their family, it must have been their daughter or son and their kids, were outside on the porch. And the glass door was closed. And they were inside. And they were holding up videos and doing all – I just – I thought, wow, this is this has been quite the, uh, the different Easter. I don't know that we'll ever see one like this again. Oh. <laughs> right. That, that sigh there at the end says a lot. Yeah. Um, So you said something at the very beginning of this conversation that I don't want people to miss. You said that you did a mental health check-in. What what does that look like or what does that sound like? Let's just say hypothetically, you know, I'm calling my 81-year-old mom and I'm really thinking to myself, this is a mental health check-in. I'm obviously not saying that to her, but what, what am I saying? How am I, what am I doing? You're just generally asking people, how are you doing? How are you coping with this? Are there, is there anything that you need? Um, are, you, are you doing okay from, you know, dealing with the people in your household? I've been asking people about that. How's that going? Um, and letting people talk. Um, it's been, you know, most, in most cases, it's somewhat positive because people are in with their families. If they, have a, if they had their family there when the, when the whole thing started, and a lot of families are spending more time together. They're they're finding out that they can actually 
do things together. You know, everybody was so busy prior to this that it has really slowed people down. And a lot of people are saying, okay, I mean, we're playing games again. Norm and I haven't done that in years <laughs> with ourselves. I'm getting really good at Yahtzee and Boggle and all those games I used to play when I was a kid. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we're just checking to see, are you are you talking to people on the phone? Are you FaceTiming uh, your relatives and your friends? Are you checking in with people? I've called my brother, which we don't talk that often, but we've been talking every couple of days just to see how he's doing. He's in Maine. They just had uh, 18 inches of snow, which was really fun. Um, you know, so we're just talking more to people and just checking and doing a check-in. Because one of the issues is when you're when you're dealing with people on social media, you have a lot of people that you interact with. There's a lot of quantity of people, but it really boils down to the quality of the friendships that you have. And one of the things that has really come home to me during this time is it does allow you to sit back and go, okay, who are my really closest friends? Like, who do I call when you're in the middle of a pandemic in terms of, you know, real deep relationship? And who can I really talk to about I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling a little bit concerned or, you know, so-and-so in our household is having too many, too many drinks at night, you know? Who do I have that I can talk to and I can really talk that way to? And that has, I think, caused a lot of people to pause and to really think about maybe when when things go, you know, back to somewhat of a normal, who knows what that's going to look like. But when we start reengaging again, maybe I need to spend more time making deeper friends and getting connected with people who are dependable, who I can count on. But you have to put time and effort into those relationships and I really think that a lot of us have just gotten really busy with stuff and we haven't spent the time that we used to do prior to social media and social platforms, that time where we talk to our neighbors and we slow down on a walk and we check on them and see how they're doing. I see more of that, which is great. There's more kindness being shown, more interest in how people are doing. So that all is really good. But I think it's just simply calling people that you know and that you're concerned about and just asking them how they're doing and how they're coping and letting them talk. And that's been, I think, very helpful to people. So I have learned, um, one of my questions is, what have you learned? Like, So one of the things I have learned um, during this is that I almost always call my mom when I'm driving. Like that, because I have, I tend to have long drives from where I live to anywhere I'm going. And so that has been the place that the time that I have pretty much every day called my mom. Well, I'm not in my car every day. So now I have to like be intentional about when I call my mom. And I right. actually have found now some people are going to think I'm crazy. I, I, I go and I sit in my car sometimes to talk to her in part because no one else can hear me. <laughs> yeah. And I I realize that I'm used to having my conversations with my mom in a space where nobody else can hear me. And, you know, Mm -hmm. now my house is inhabited by a bunch of other people all the time. So who I love (laughs) and about whom I'm learning a lot. And um, when we come back from the break, can I um, can I ask you a question that I I realize that you and I have not planned to talk about this, but I feel confident you live with a readiness to talk about almost everything. Um, And that is this. I read a very short article yesterday about um, the challenges that uh, divorced parents are having right now in terms of the co-parenting decisions. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, right, those kids that are on that opposite of that glass door, they're not living in, they're not currently in that house 
where right so it can can you can you help me navigate sure. that a little bit emotionally here when we come back okay so i'm talking with dr linda mental we're talking about a range of things social distancing staying connected well and the things i spring upon her on this monday morning we'll be right back <laughs> So I'm talking with Dr. Linda Mental about a range of things related to social distancing. It's weird. We admit it. Uh, Dr. Um, Dr. Linda can be found at drlindamental.com. You can also hear her right here on the Faith Radio Network on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Um, Linda, um, one of the things that I am beginning to see multiply are not only articles, but um, postings by counties and states related to co-parenting in the midst of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, Um, because obviously there are kids who are in one place under a stay-home order, um, and yet by order of the court, they are supposed to be at that point in time at another parent's house. Talk talk with us about the stresses and strains related to this. Yeah, it's it's really um, does put a lot of stress and strain on that on that co-parenting during this time. But here's the thing: I think what 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 it's calling for, in terms of what I'm seeing, is that people need to be much more flexible than they used to be. Um, you can't just you know be so demanding and and get so angry over little things that happen that have typically um, tipped a lot of parents when they're because they're angry with each other a lot of times they haven't resolved a lot of the issues around why they divorced. Um, And if that's the case, then that anger carries into the parenting. And as we all know, sometimes then kids become, get in the middle of all of that. And this is not the time for that to happen. So really encouraging parents to be much more flexible. Maybe they have to modify some things. They might even have to modify their child support at this point. If somebody's out of a job or their small business is not able to function and they don't have the money, so, again, it seems a little odd to say you, this is when you have to really learn to work together because probably you weren't working together to begin with, and that's one of the problems that you had in terms of which led to the divorce. But you do have to start being much more flexible. I would think twice before sending an angry text. I would think more about how are my kids feeling overall. They're feeling anxious and uncertain. They can't be with their friends. They're not seeing each parent probably like they did before. And so what do I need to do to calm my children down and to give them a sense of security? That's what this is all about for kids. It's really a constant sense of we're going to get through this. We're going to be okay. We're here. Kids need to know that their parents are very secure figures in their life. And, of course, divorce is one of those things that rips that apart for children. And I understand why people get divorced. I'm not trying to put divorce down. I'm just saying that during this time, that security is going to be very important. So I would just say do not fight over things. Try to be um, much more trusting during this time. If if you can't see your child, understand why. And, you know, one of the, the complications of this, Carmen, is that kids are asymptomatic carriers. So if you have someone that you've been exposed to that's a, that have maybe would be infected, or someone in your house is not feeling well, you might not be able to send your child to that other household um, because of the fact that they could be spreading the virus. So, again, this means you have to talk. You have to have communication. 
what's happening in that household? Is it safe for us to meet? And then modify what you're doing during this time, explaining to your kids, uh, you know, why things are a little bit different. And I don't think, I think with social media, with FaceTime and, you know, sites where you can see each other like Skype, it definitely can be worked out. And, and you reassure your kids that this is just during this time and we'll go back to a different, you know, our regular schedule or the way we used to do things, hopefully maybe even better the way we used to do things in the future. Yeah, I think that focusing on the fact that we're going to all learn and we're going to all mm-hmm. be gracious and we're going to all, you know, take a deep breath and um, be patient with one another and really seek seek the welfare of our own home, right? And that home, recognizing that that includes multiple spaces where a child lives in some uh, in some cases. So um, right. talk with us. And you have to work Go together. Ahead. You have to work together. And that is the issue that people have had such struggles with. So this is the time not to sweat the small stuff and to really work together and try to develop some flexibility and adaptability and really try to stick with what you've agreed to. But if you have to modify during this time, you have to modify. So that's the message for a lot of people, not just divorced parents as well. Yeah, so challenging, right? I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. I think we're just, we're acknowledging that here's another layer that's just really challenging mm-hmm. about what we're mm-hmm. facing. Um, and, and what we're facing is just very different than anything any of us ever um, anticipated having to face. And the layers of stress related to that, um, I know you have a really excellent piece on the don'ts of responding to addiction. You and I might have to right. talk at length about that on another occasion. But I do want to direct people to that because um when we talk about what we're observing about people in our homes and people we now, you know, we're with now full time, 24 seven, we are exposed to their addictions and we are right. more aware of their addictions than we ever have been before. So you want to touch on that in, in the minute we have left? Yeah, it's very concerning. Our governor um, left the ABC liquor stores open and now we're having bar deliveries to homes where you can get two drinks with a meal. Um, and, and it was presented on the news as if you want to need, if you need some help to relax. And of course, as a, as a therapist, I might, I just went a little berserk watching that story on TV. I was like, what? Because, you know, the last thing we want to do is feed an addiction and get people to a point where they're disinhibited and they're, and they're acting in ways that they wouldn't act when their brain isn't being changed by a substance. So I'm very concerned about the people who are struggling at home. I do want to just say in the last minute here that the SAMHSA, which is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration, is the federal government. They do have a hotline, and it's 1-800-662-HELP, 1-800-662-HELP, and that help is 4357. And you can call it 24-7. It's open 365 days. Um, they are very aware of what people may, how people may behave during addiction. We're concerned, obviously, about abuse and and suicide uh, feelings and, and maybe even attempts and uh, blackouts and all kinds of things that happen when people are addicted to a substance, including alcohol. So we, we want to make sure that if you're in a home and you hear this or you see this, call the helpline and they can direct you, help you, get you in touch with people. There's a lot of telehealth and telemedicine going on right now as well. So there is a resource for people to uh, touch on federally, no matter where you live. And again, that number is 1-800-662-HELP, 662-4357. Dr. Linda, thank you so much, as always, for joining us today. Uh, You guys can find everything that we talked about and so much more at drlindamental.com. We'll be right back. 
What did you sing yesterday? Are you still singing it? Like, right? We are Easter people. This is this is Easter. Easter isn't just a once and one day and done event. Easter is a reality in which we live our lives. And so let me encourage you to uh, be a person who sings to the resurrection glory of Jesus Christ today, right? Let Easter Monday be Easter Monday. Uh, be a person who is still greeting people. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Dr. David Aikman will be with me in just a moment. We're going to talk about things going on around the globe. Um, wow. You know, some of that's just consumed with COVID-19 coverage, I admit it. But we are going to talk about the positive hope of 70 vaccines that are in the works, one in testing in Israel that's showing some promise already. So looking forward to this conversation with Dr. David Aikman. We'll be right back. Okay, so we were expecting this week um, here at the Faith Radio Network to be doing our spring share. Lots of things are changing these days. I remember a mission trip that I was on in Honduras. Um, no, yeah, I think it was in Honduras when this happened. It might have been Mexico. Um, where um, we got up, uh, and I think I was in probably college or graduate school at the time, and our, our ministry leader said, well, the plan is, and then paused, the plan has changed. And so I have um, lived by that principle in terms of any time I am on a mission trip and oftentimes when I am on a vacation, because the plan is, the plan has changed. Um, you and I live in the midst of a world that is ever changing. And right now, change is not just the constant, it is coming at a speed and in comprehensive ways that just, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to process and a lot to manage. So the plan is, the plan has changed. So we are going to have a spring share event, but it's not going to be this week as we had planned. However, that doesn't mean you can't give this week. If this is the week you had planned to give, then by all means, give. You don't have to be, you know, constricted by some sort of parameter that we place on it that we call spring share. It's spring, let's share. So go ahead and uh, give if you are able and willing and desire to do so. You can Call or text the word GIVE to 877-933-2484. You can always give securely online at MyFaithRadio.com. And then, yes, 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 we will have a spring share event, and it will be really fun, and we'll do all kinds of wonderful things. It's just not happening this week. We are thinking, we are planning that maybe it will happen starting May the 5th, but you know what? <laughs> That's the plan. The plan may change. All right, friends, let's be flexible. Let's be encouraging and supporting one another. Give online today at MyFaithRadio.com. The plan is, the plan has changed. Let's be praying for and supporting one another. We'll be right back. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What a wonderful promise from John 3. This is Max Locato, whoever. Matthew 10, 32 has Jesus saying, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Matthew 10, 39, Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Mark 3, 35 says, Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. And Mark 16, 16, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. John 6, 37. 
whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Don't you love the word whoever? God's gospel has a whoever policy. This is Max Locato. My name is Bond, James Bond. (laughs) So Dr. David Aikman is back with us today. David, welcome. Good good afternoon or good morning, Carmen. Nice to be with you again. Good morning, good afternoon. The big news in America, apparently people are eating more donuts during all of this. I don't know if that's a good or a bad sign, but Dunkin' Brands is going to lead the market this morning. This is what I know. Oh this, is the, this is the news and information I have to share with you today. Apparently, well, donuts are really big right now. <laughs> well, given the fact that people cannot get out and exercise, I think we're going to have lots more courses on weight loss reduction <laughs> this summer. So many, so many growth opportunities, not all of them good. Okay. Um, That's right. Dr. Aikman, let's talk about, well, first of all, we just want to, you know, we want to glorify God. We want to give praise that uh, Boris Johnson has been released from the hospital. I That was actually really fast. Well, he was actually there two nights in intensive care, and he issued a statement thanking two particular nurses, one from New Zealand and one from Portugal, who basically, he said, saved his life. And what they were doing is they were standing over him all night for two nights, watching if he had difficulty breathing. Now, I haven't seen what they said they did, but I suppose they may have put an oxygen mask on his face or maybe put those um, nose Mm -hmm. oxygen pipes So we don't quite know, but he clearly believes that he would have actually passed away if he hadn't had that particular attention. Amazing. Amazing. Well, we're going to just be thankful for that. You know, stability and leadership is really critical right now. And so we just want to sort of celebrate his recovery and his his, uh, ongoing recovery. Let's talk about some really positive things that look like they're happening in terms of Uh, global cooperation and sort of necessity being the mother of invention. We've got 70 possible vaccines in the works around the globe. Three of them are already in clinical trials. Um, I know there's one in Israel. What do do you know about any of this? Well, the the most I've heard is about a particular research outfit in Israel that was developing an anti- virus, an antibacterial virus that they said would actually work uh, as providing antibodies for the virus itself. Now, you always, you obviously have to have trials um, so to make sure that this is safe and it actually works. But as far as I can tell, the Israeli particular product seems to be ahead of some of the other products that are being produced. Yeah, so we just want to um, we just want to highlight for um, for folks if I can get my computer to agree with me now um, that this is being uh, this is actually now they're showing uh, a 29 year old with the coronavirus who has been um, who has been treated in this way and is uh, already showing signs of uh, almost immediate improvement and so. 
um, some signs of hope there. Oxford is also talking about uh, having a vaccine that um, they think will be ready in, quote, uh, a couple of weeks. I mean, that would be extraordinary. <laughs> be extraordinary. Um, it would really be extraordinary. It, it really would. And that is one of the rare examples of global cooperation actually having a practical result in medicine today before our eyes. And if that is the case, then this is a miraculous intervention. So possibly by Easter as well, we're already past Easter, but as President Trump suggested, there might be a, a lessening of the actual outbreak, both in the United States and elsewhere in the world. Yeah, it look, does appear that at least in some places we are seeing a flattening, not only a flattening of the curve, but, um, but real improvement. All right, Dr. Aikman, when we come back, um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's happening in Wuhan, where all of this started, and then um, maybe pivot for just a moment to have a conversation about oil. That conversation, those conversations up next. Here on Mornings with Carmen, I am talking with Dr. David Aikman, editor of Godspeed magazine. We'll be right back. Continuing my conversation with Dr. David Aikman, editor of Godspeed magazine, we are looking at events around the world, continuing uh, here our conversation about the coronavirus, it appears as if we are seeing surging numbers in India, Thailand, Japan. Um, Russia has reported a 16% increase in cases. There's a hot spot in Indonesia they're worried about. Um, we are not through this, even though uh, places like Spain are seeing the reopening of, of some industry. That's correct. Um, and, of course, you mentioned before the break Carmen, that we have to worry about oil prices because oil prices slumped about 50% from their January peak as the coronavirus pandemic brought the global economy crashing to a halt. So now it seems that OPEC has agreed and the United States has agreed to limit output of oil products that can at least provide some salvation for countries, particularly Russia, which is seriously injured by the decline in oil prices. So, so, so this is a little, you know, I'll just admit, uh, mysterious to me. Um, after the announcement that OPEC and its allies had agreed to this historic production cut, oil prices actually rose. But the New York Times is now reporting that all of those gains have already been lost. So, I think that um, uh, I, I think that it's still unknown to us exactly uh, exactly what's gonna what's gonna happen there. Um, you know, I, oil oil is one of those things that is used in the production of so many secondary and tertiary items and processes around the world, and yet so many of those industries are just completely shut down. That's right, uh, because. We haven't experienced at any point in recent memory this kind of total slowing down of all economic motivating forces throughout the world, you know, on a completely global scale. 
and the fact that all normal economic activity is basically ground to a halt everywhere. I mean, that's where this pandemic has really shaken up the world economy as nothing else has ever done previously. So um, I don't know if you're you're hearing this news yet, David, but we have uh, begun the process here in the United States of seeing major um, meat processing plants shut down across the country. The latest of them would be Smithfield Foods um, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, a plant that employs 3,700 people, has already had 239 who have tested positive for the virus. The plant has been shut down indefinitely. We also have um, production facilities um, in the state of Georgia here owned by Tyson Foods, which uh, have closed as well for the same for the same reason. When you um, when you think of food uh, security, food production and distribution, not only in the UK, but across um, across the EU, um, does it seem as if people are not very concerned, not as concerned about food safety in the midst of this? I don't think so. I, I think from what I've observed, at least I haven't been able to go out, but at least hearing from people who do go out and buy stuff in the supermarket, um, the carefulness of food outlets in major supermarket chains seems to have been ramped up considerably since the virus really took a hold of the economies and the societies here. So I don't think there's been any reduction in the care uh, with which food is being um, produced and marketed, as far as I can tell. It'll be interesting to see as these, um, you know, as these, this will be a story that I just think that we'll watch because here in the United States, um, this is this, we talk about the production of, um, of, in terms of meat and meat processing here in the United States, you know, there's just a calendar that these farmers are working on and they're expecting, you know, these animals to go to market. And it'll be interesting to see what happens um, as that, as those processing plants shut down. Um, maybe more and more of us out here in the boonies will, um, will I don't know, go buy live animals and raise them. It'll be, I don't know. It's going to change life. This whole thing is going to change life in ways that I think we have yet to anticipate. I think you're absolutely right, Carmen. I, I think when we come through this crisis, which we certainly will at some point, all kinds of ways of doing business, operating socially and so forth, are going to be changed beyond recognition for the future. There will be, we'll be, we will be talking about the pre-virus situation and the post-virus situation for sure. Yeah, li- livestock um, might be the uh, might be the way to go. Um, you know, those of us who are able to um, actually raise li- raise livestock, maybe this is the time to uh, to start doing that. I mean, it just is a the way we're doing education, the way we're communicating, the way people are working, just on and on and on, just radically changed by uh, by this virus. It's not just a public health issue, although that's of obviously greatest concern to all of us. The um, the changes in our in the way we do things um, is I just think we just can't even yet anticipate all of them. I think you're absolutely right. It's an unforeseen development, and the consequences long term are still yet to be worked out. 
I will. Um, I will observe. Chickens are still laying eggs, and cows are still producing milk. <laughs> well, that's a relief because <laughs> those are some of the basic things we all need. That's exactly right. Dr. Aikman, I just appreciate our conversations each week. Thank you so much for joining us again. We look forward to talking with you uh, next time. Thank you so much, Carmen. Goodbye. Happy Easter. Goodbye. You too. What have some of the unforeseen developments been in your life or your family, in your community, at your place of work, um, at your church? What are some of the unforeseen developments? I would, I would love for you to communicate some of those to me. You can text me at 877-933-2484, or you can email me, carmen at myfaithradio.com. Uh, some of the unforeseen developments, positive and negative, or you know, maybe they don't even have to have a a, a value related to them. Um, what have what have some of the developments been in your own life, uh, in your relationships, in your work life, the ways in which you do what you have always done, or the ways in which you are doing new things you never thought you'd do before? I know one eighty-one-year-old lady who has not washed her own hair and done and styled her own hair since I was born. All right. And she is now washing and styling her own hair. So that is something that uh, was an unforeseen development in the midst of all of this. But she can't go to the hair, you know, she can't go to the hair salon anymore. So there you go. Um, What are some of the unforeseen developments in your own life? Email me, Carmen at MyFaithRadio.com. Today is Easter Monday. Let me encourage you to not just move past the resurrection and, you know, put, put it all away as if it were just a one day event. It changes everything. Easter literally changes everything. Uh, And so let me encourage you to be a changed person today and a change agent in the world. Go out there. I mean, I know you're not going to like actually like go out in the same way you would before, but you're going to go out via social media. You're going to go out um, over the telephone. Let uh, let the way in which you engage the world today be different. Change the conversation in the culture by changing every conversation with the gospel, because Easter changes everything starting with us. So how have I been changed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead? Well, my relationship with God has been restored. The, uh, the penalty of sin has been broken. So even though I die, yet shall I live. Um, and because he lives, I can face today, which was yesterday, it was tomorrow. So uh, because he lives, I can face today and I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, I have not only hope, but I have joy, and it springs eternal. Consider today how Easter has changed you, because Easter changes everything. All right, tomorrow I've got Nick Pitts. I've got some guys from InterVarsity talking about revival. Dr. David Stevens will be here from uh, CMDA, and then I've got Jeff Gowler from Global Media Outreach. We're going to hear what they're seeing around the world in terms of people's desire to know more about God and the gospel. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.